Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everybody. It's Thursday, June 1st, the first day of hurricane season. We'll talk about that, but first we have the legislative home stretch and the latest from the Tommy Tuberville beat. I'm Mike Morgan and we're down in Alabama. Well, we're about down to the wire with the 2023 Alabama legislative session. A maximum of two days are left and a couple of much-discussed tax bills advanced in a state senate committee yesterday, but were changed enough so that they'll have to make another run through the House. The Alabama Daily News reported that the Senate Finance and Taxation Education Committee approved a plan that would gradually reduce the state sales tax on groceries from 4% to 2%, and a plan that would eliminate the 5% income tax on overtime hours. Both those were amended, the first regarding a revenue requirement for the grocery cuts to take place, and the other capping the overtime tax break. Now, what we're seeing here is the Senate tapping the brakes a little on the tax cut frenzy the state's been in with the extra revenue it's been seeing. Last Thursday, lawmakers worked past midnight to pass an $11.6 billion education budget and a $3 billion general fund budget, both of those at least a 6% increase. Keep up with legislative news as the session winds down at al.com politics. Tommy Tuberville did not win a Senate election to just disappear between cycles. He's made his voice heard, and he's managed to keep his name in headlines, sometimes for better or worse, politically speaking. A couple of the latest stories from the Tuberville beat include Politico reported that the senator from Alabama's national security advisor has stepped down. Reportedly, the move stems from Tuberville's putting a hold on hundreds of senior military promotions to try to force the Pentagon to end its policy of reimbursing travel costs and providing leave for service members who want to have abortions. The hold even includes President Biden's nominee for chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The move has been met with disagreement even within the Republican Party. It's not a move that came with Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's support. Last week, the Washington Post published a story that had Tuberville advisor Morgan Murphy taking credit as the force behind the policy to block the nominations. Murphy's a Birmingham native and a 24-year Navy veteran. Politico reported that he said Tuberville was bothered by the piece and that the Post had overstated his role. Murphy was quoted by Politico. He is the boss and calls the shots and always has. I am, was... At the end of the day, a staffer. I didn't take kindly to a perception otherwise. End quote. Now, one more Tuberville item. Recently, the senator's brother, Charles Tuberville, announced on social media he's distancing himself from his brother's, quote, ignorant and hateful rants. Tuberville, remember, faced criticism after an answer he gave regarding white supremacists in the military and later his criticism of inner-city teachers saying he didn't know whether they can read or write. 
His brother's a musician in Oklahoma. He said, quote, I do not agree with any of the vile rhetoric coming out of his mouth. Please don't confuse my brother with me, end quote. So for anybody who's been closely associating the two or even confusing Charles Tuberville with Tommy Tuberville, knock it off. Well, if we check our meteorological calendar, we'll see that today's June 1st, and that's the first day of the Atlantic hurricane season. We have weather reporter Lee Morgan here to talk a little bit about what the experts are expecting out of the season and what might be out there right now. Lee, are, are you ready for this or what? I guess we got no choice, right? So uh, today is the first day of the Atlantic hurricane season. Now, the mm. Eastern Pacific season started a couple weeks ago. Um, and we run until November the 30th is the last day. And we've got a little something to watch in the Gulf of Mexico. It's just a tropical disturbance. Um, it has a low chance, as of this recording, of becoming a tropical depression or a tropical storm. And it's not really going to affect Alabama. The main thing for Alabama is that it's going to raise the risk of rip currents along the Alabama and northwest Florida coastline to high. So that's all day today and through the day on Friday. So, so pay attention to the flags of the beaches. Yeah, because you don't realize this, but rip currents kill more people in the the uh, forecast area of the National Weather Service in Mobile than hurricanes, tornadoes, flooding, all that combined. So rip currents are the real killer, and you got to be careful of them. And you know, on days when it's pretty, it's hard to recognize the danger. But be on the lookout for that today along the coast. It kills more than sharks and uh, bad oysters and all the other things we fear at the coast, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But this is just a disturbance. It's supposed to move toward the Florida Peninsula, bring a lot of rain, could bring increased rain chances to parts of Alabama. Um, so it's something to watch, but nothing to worry about at this point. Well, what kind of summer are we looking at having? Well, as far as hurricanes go, NOAA released its hurricane outlook like they do every year. Um, it came out last week, and they're predicting a near-average season, which is going to seem slow <laughs> compared to the past few years, right? right? right. Um, 12 to 17 named storms, 5 to 9 hurricanes, and 1 to 4 major hurricanes. Now, a major hurricane is a Category 3 or stronger storm. So um, so we're looking at a near-average season, and what does that mean? Does it mean Alabama's going to get hit by a hurricane? I don't know. Nobody knows, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just going to depend on you know the small-scale weather patterns at the time. Um, so we just have to wait and see. Right. And that near-average is kind of elevated for an El, El Nino year, right? Yeah, th there's a couple of things that are offsetting El Nino. They're pretty sure El Nino is going to develop over the summer. And that can – the way we really – can feel the effects of El Nino's in the hurricane season. Typically, El Nino's reduce the number of storms because it just makes it a more hostile environment for hurricanes to form. But this year, um, the parts of the Atlantic are a lot warmer, the sea surface temperatures, than they usually are, mm -hmm. and they're expecting the West African monsoon to be more active. So, you know, those storms that roll off the West Coast of Africa, they call, you know, they, a lot of times they're called Cape Verde hurricanes that get going there. So, we'll just have to keep a lookout for that to see if that, if El Nino can cancel that out or if they're going to, you know, balance out. We just don't know. It's just things to watch as the season. But we know typically, typically, knock on wood, June and July are a little bit slower. Things don't pick up till August. So we'll just 
cross our fingers and hope for the best. Yep. So check your uh, homeowner's insurance and and all your and know where you'll you'll go if there's a if there's a hurricane coming to your front door. And uh, I, I like your your favorite thing to say, which is it can be a slow year, but if one category three is coming through your neighborhood. It's not a slow year at all. Right. Well, I talked to the National Weather Service, Jason Beeman, who runs the Weather Service in Mobile, and he pointed out the Hurricane Danny in 1997, which was a very, another El Nino year with a very strong El Nino. And Danny was the only hurricane in the Gulf that year, but it happened to stall out over Mobile Bay and produce historic mm-hmm. flooding in that area. So, you know. Can you like, believe that's been 26 years ago? No. I mean, and I know this because I saw the big 25th for Hurricane George. I think I'm, I don't, in 25 years, I'm not sure I got to say that right. (laughs) Hurricane George, which actually struck Biloxi, I think, is where it went in. I think so. I was in South Florida at the time, but I think, yeah, I think it went around that way. I was was in Tallahassee working at a newspaper there, and we had to do the Biloxi Sun Herald from from our offices. So that's why it sticks out in my mind. I guess it would. Well, Lee, I really appreciate it. You know, ever since John Hope passed away, you're my go-to for uh, <laughs> oh, hurricane information. You're in big trouble then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. No problem. All right, thanks. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back here again tomorrow. Until then, come on by and see us on the World Wide Web at AL.com. <laughs>